Welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan and joined by Ski. Hello, friends. And Brent. Bonjour. And today we are going to be discussing Season 3, Episode 20, and Ma Makes 3. Uh, not going to be quite our typical format today because as opposed to Ski doing our recap, that duty will fall to Brent. Correct. He oh. said duty. Yeah, hopefully it's D-U-T-Y and not, you know, the other kind. Not the baby kind right. that somebody has to clean up when they get home. <laughs> <laughs> All over the walls. Yeah, boy, he's, a, he's quite the little pooper then, isn't he? He's spraying walls already. Um, now, I imagine that uh, in the not-too-distant future, you know, just kind of building off of a joke, I think, that Brent brilliantly laid last week. Uh, I imagine Ski will probably be bringing that baby with him. <laughs> it's going to have a boost on the <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, uh, He's like, if I bring the baby, Brent won't make the SIDS jokes, <laughs> but I will. <laughs> right while he's looking the little fella in the eyes. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. Let him know that's that's you. Right. Yep. About. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, if I have to live with the fear of my sleep apnea taking me in my slumber, <laughs> you should as well. The gift that keeps on giving. Right. Well, you know, if you just had given one of those little baby sleep app uh, or CPAP masks, then maybe you can avoid the almost unavoidable. <laughs> exactly. Anyways, uh, so yeah, so today Brent's going to be doing our recap for us, Correct. but we'll still give our uh, MVPs the episode. Rating out of eight slices mm-hmm. of cheesecake as we uh, still continue forward on determining Sophia's choice, the best episode of the whole series. Mm-hmm. So uh, with That's that, what it's all about. Do you have any uh, any other news or, or updates prior to kicking off the episode? Nah, I'm ready to just roll through it. All right, I'll now, see y'all in eight minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I said like that I told number you. A few times. I know it's. I'm uh, thinking it may be close to that then. I don't think so. I can see his recap from behind a little bit. It looks like more than eight minutes worth of material. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that said, I hope that he... uh, It's because it's in large print for Grandpa over here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're going to really start cranking these episodes out. We don't know how much longer he has left. Exactly. (laughs) I was worried about Betty White. Maybe I need to make another... uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm in the demographic now. Yeah, you're basically... You're our version of Betty White at this point. (laughs) You guys would be proud of me. I uh, did use a larger font for the last two episodes. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, so. I, I did notice you didn't seem to have nearly the issue with uh, losing your place. Well, that I've got it. this fancy ruler mm-hmm. to keep my place with. So, Well, now that those last two episodes you did, they were both those recap, or not recap, mm-hmm. but uh, clip show episodes. So they kind of gave a little bit of a natural um, way to yeah, format the, them. Mm-hmm. But well, maybe you should try to use that kind of formatting you know, like scene to scene, and that yeah. might help you. But like I said, you, you did great. So maybe just a slightly larger font. Yeah. Well, a larger font, and I think I was definitely more brief with some details. Well, it was yeah. not as descriptive, which we talked about doing that anyway. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll try to strive towards that a little bit. Um, you know, not... We'll see how Brent does on this one. Mm-hmm. It may not be to the level Brent's <laughs> brevity can be at times. <laughs> but uh, I have a feeling this this recap by Brent will be at least a little more detailed than the last one. Otherwise, you might as well just skip right now to the MVPs. <laughs> there was an episode. People happened. Okay, yeah. next. And and Mom made three. This this episode when I was doing the recap, it 
Uh, I'll talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Brent, you ready to kick us off then? I am. All right. Go for it. All right. So, Golden Girls, Season 3, Episode 20, and Mom Makes 3. Story by Jeffrey Farrow and Frederick Weiss. Teleplay by Robert Bruce and Martin Weiss. No relation. Hmm. Did you Did you look that up to make sure there was no relation? No, I'm just assuming there's not. Oh, okay. Um, maybe they were brothers at one point, but I'm sure some came between them. It's like, <laughs> why did you get story credit? And it's like, because you're a teleplay man. <laughs> so. Two worlds. <laughs> exactly. Stay on your island, I'll stay I, on mine. I know those two sides have such animosity between them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's almost like, what, TV actors versus movie actors? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> If we have to work on the same episode of the Golden Girls together, right. I'm not going to like it. Yeah. So uh, the air date for this one was uh, February 20th, 1988. We all know and love February 20th because, as we know, in 1792, the Postal Service Act uh, established the United States Postal Office Department. Oh, of course, It was yeah. signed by, you know, U.S. President George Washington. And then just sort of a fun little fact. On February 18th, um, you know, just shy of its 211th anniversary, the band Postal Service released their sole masterpiece, Give Up. Yeah. If you've not given that one a listen, I highly recommend it. Well, you know, you, you may know this, but my mom has worked at the post office for over 30 years at this mm-hmm. point uh, yeah. for my sister's entire life. And, you know, now mm-hmm. certainly the majority of mine at this point, too. Mm-hmm. Um, God willing, though, she'll be able to retire here soon. She's mm-hmm. just about to turn 64, and she, they have her fucking working like 60 hours a week, mm-hmm. which is just... Yeah, it's actually ramped up lately, hasn't mm-hmm. it? Well, uh, the problem is, is that they can't... Uh, it's just a whole litany of things, but basically they can't hold on to people anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The pay at the post office for new hires mm-hmm. isn't significantly different from what you can get at a lot of mm-hmm. you know other jobs, and yeah. so... Then you're just talking about the quality of the experience, and if they're working people 50, 60 hours a week, then, yeah, yeah. like, my God, my mom's going to end mm-hmm. up in the freaking grave before she gets to 65, mm-hmm. so, you know. A friend of mine's boyfriend has been working at the at the postal service, the post office, for, I want to say, like, nine, ten months now or whatever, Okay, and but he's just not been able to get like his own route like he's just been doing like busy work and stuff like that yeah and he's kind of getting frustrated because he never knows like which part of the city he's gonna have to go to or what he's gonna have to be doing or whatever. oh yeah and, you know he just wants a route you know something to do day in day out because that's what he was looking forward to just having it's like okay i know this and it'll take me X some kind of routine and, right exactly because right now it's like you know it's like i'm just driving random streets trying to find a mailbox you yeah know? Well, yeah, that's, they have a lot of archaic ways they do things mm-hmm. that they really need to revamp if they want to not get dissolved sometime in the next 10 years. But yeah. Well, anyways. especially with, like, if they're basically uh, going up against Amazon and, like, UPS and stuff where they've got these complex algorithms that, you know, find the optimized route and stuff right. like that. Well, I think a lot of that they use, it's just they're weird because they're they have a strong union um, that protects the shittiest of the shitty workers that they mm-hmm. have, which then ends up screwing over the good workers that they have. Yeah. And, and also, I think, prevents a lot of the progress that could be made from mm-hmm. efficiencies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a challenge. But any of our postal workers having to be listening to this post, this uh, this podcast, we very much appreciate your uh, efforts. We do. And know it's an uphill battle for you right now. So. Yeah. God bless you. Stay strong. But yeah. uh, may you never have sleet or rain or snow or dead of night. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
that that should be uh, like the way that they like I don't know sign off each day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wow. Rose Nyland line in bed. Dear God, please don't have the sleet. Or or, or like uh, you know how they do like the twenty one gun salute for mm-hmm. a fallen soldier. Right. That could be like part of the eulogy or a sign off for a postal worker. Mm-hmm. You know, once they've passed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that could be. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that they make it's that big like of a Game deal. Game of Thrones, my, my watch is over. It's like 21 postage meters. Like, yeah. <laughs> Now, listen, I, I very much appreciate it. It's a hard job, mm-hmm. but I don't think I would necessarily compare them to our military. <laughs> um, hard workers, uh, to be sure, um, but I, I don't want to uh, conflate the two. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, anyway, go for it, Brent. I'll just talk about ceremony. Okay. <laughs> Just the pageantry of the post service. That's right, yeah. Just, you know, for service, you know, service I mean, rendered. There's two words you think of when you think of the postal service. <laughs> Pomp, circumstance. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Just something about circumstance. Yeah. Um, Those are stamps with the tip cut off. <laughs> I like it. You know, listen, I put up with a lot of nonsense from you, too. Mm-hmm. And I understand that this is a money-losing endeavor. All okay, right. But if you start actively pissing off Stamps.com, <laughs> I am done. Hey, I'm... I- <laughs> Stamps.com, if you if you need someone to peddle your wares, we'll do it with a plum. <laughs> um, all right, so anyways, February 20th... Um, Check out that Postal Service album. You give up really good. Right. Um, also, on February 20th, 1925, Popeye director Robert Altman was born. Very nice. And as I mentioned before, once you've seen Popeye, you know, check out MASH in Nashville and my second most favorite Robert Altman, The Long Goodbye. Um, in 1946, Sandy Duncan, heir to the Hogan family, was born. I feel like they've taken shots on, at Sandy Duncan on this uh, yeah, very show a few times. <laughs> I'm going to give her a win. <laughs> in 1963, uh, Joaquin Nystrom, a uh, famed Swedish tennis player, was born. Very nice. In 1964, a uh, voice of a generation, French Stewart, was born. A <laughs> <Yes. laughs> voice of a generation. Yeah. I like that. In 1967, an arguably bigger voice of a generation, Kurt Cobain, was born. Ah, Wow. Um, in 1999, uh, Gene Siskel, Chicago's fifth most famous thinker, died. Uh, the other four I put on that list, uh, Studs Terkel, Roger <laughs> Ebert, Oprah Winfrey, and Harry Carey. <laughs> Who's Studs Terkel? Uh, he wrote Working. Oh, okay. He was a fan of the working man, uh, down with the proletariat and all that jazz. Mm. So, a strong union supporter, unlike oh, okay. you. So. Hey, listen, <laughs> I support unions that support the best of the good workers you got to support the weakest link in the chain too i don't know i think that's the argument i think that's the argument that's killed i'm not anti-union at all i just think that uh they're just like every other large organization in this country including this country it just needs some work Mm. so well it's it's prone to corruption on a lot of levels Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. so you sort of equate unions with the catholic church sure yeah (laughs) there's Way, there's probably way more good they do than bad, but, mm-hmm. the, but there are some bad things that certainly sour the, the yeah. bunch. If I hear that my union rep is <laughs> diddling my child, I'm just as just as bereft <laughs> as, the, as my priest. <laughs> you just don't expect that from your union rep. Your union rep's the guy you trust that's supposed to go to bat for you, goddammit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
you know, but at least he's doing it for 3% of your paycheck instead of 10%. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> Yeah, but his three percent is, that a is tithing joke? his three percent. <laughs> his three percent is compulsory, not <laughs> not recommended. Exactly. <laughs> so, and then in two thousand five, Hunter S. Thompson, American hero and one of the finest patriots of the twentieth century, died. Hmm. So, what year was that? Uh, two thousand five, February twentieth, two thousand five. Hunter S. Thompson. Interesting character for sure. Yeah, he was. Rest in peace, Hunter. So, well, y'all need should even put that one in there. <laughs> that really brought you down. <laughs> I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like it's okay that it brought the it's okay that it brought the podcast down slightly, but I just feel like I see a tear rolling down your cheek right now, and I don't know how it's going to go the rest of the way. Yeah. I'll rally. <laughs> okay. So, I'm going to start this bitch off with Act 1. Uh, Sophia walks into the kitchen. She explains to Rose that her ass is dragging. Uh, Blanche walks in to introduce the B story. Uh, she's running for office, and Rose is her brain trust. Yeah, was it the fashion show chairman of the Tinkerbells? Yeah. What What are the Tinkerbells supposed to be? What did you glean from this episode? That is it a little girl's troop of it some really kind? It really never like, says. I assume that's where they met Coco. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, but uh, <laughs> but they do later I, on. I, with the name, I assumed it was like little girls. That's or what I would think. But then, why would Blanche have any involvement in this troop of little girls? I mean, she doesn't because have... they all have involvement in every well. That's that's, mm-hmm. a, that's local accurate. activity. Yeah. You know, anything that goes on, they're very, they've got their fingers on the pulse. They're very social minded for yeah. sure. So, so Dorothy comes in and she tells him that um tells him that she's seen a previously unmentioned man named Raymond. Uh, those two kids are really hitting it off. Uh, Sophia tells Dorothy that she can keep the good times going by not sleeping with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out, you know, Sophia is sad because her latest friend uh, Bernice has moved away. Um, this is after she'd already lost Alvin, and then she'd also lost Gladys, who went to live with her daughter, and Eddie, who got married, and Alice, who died, and Lillian, who went crazy. And I think Sophia's being somewhat selfish about some of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely there are some. But at the same time, Sophia has had a rough time with it. But surprisingly, you would think most of it would just be the dying at her age. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. I, I guess she should count her, her blessings that at least she hasn't been burying all of her friends. Yeah. You know, but uh, she did get to bury, what was it, Mrs. Glickman or whatever? The, yeah, exactly. The old witch across the way. So. <laughs> exactly. So, so Rose tells the story about Eskimos moving to St. Olaf. You know, um, they may not have had 50 words for snow, but they probably knew 50 ways to tell Rose to shut up. Yeah. Um, and fun fact, apparently the Swedes have 25 words for snow. Oh, really? And I hope, what are they? Oh, I don't know. But uh, I'm that's sure not fun then if in. you don't tell me. <laughs> Numi can weigh in and tell us if that's true and what the 25 are. Yeah, so Numi, that's that's what we're asking of you is to send us a message after you hear this episode. Snow and challenge. tell us the 25 words that you have to describe the snow. Yeah. So looking forward to that. So anyways, despite Sophia being in the wrong, Dorothy feels bad for her. Uh, she invites Sophia to be the 19th hole when her and Raymond go to play golf. Um, <laughs> Sophia goes to get gussied up, and while she's away, Raymond stops by. Uh, him and Dorothy make it to first base before Sophia shows up to chaperone them to the links. The crowd gets way too invested in the tonsil hockey. And then the three of them walk out the front door and into the first stacked break. Okay, fair enough. Were there any other parts of that ski that you wanted to specifically mention? I think there was, but I kind of forgot now. 
I did like the bit about the Eskimo and you know they oh. built an extra room because yes, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah that, that that was they borrowed all the uh, ice trays in town to mm-hmm. put on addition. Yeah, well then, and then uh, Sophia or not Sophia, excuse me, Dorothy says, "What was the point, Rose?" And then she says, "I guess after the baby, they just need him to." Yeah, yeah, that was uh, my favorite line of the first act for sure. Yeah, I really um, like that one too. It is funny though because like that whole scene well, now. How far north is Saint Olaf? <laughs> well, well, I mean they say that it all melts during the summer. Yeah, you know, that's how they made the friends. Eventually, was by you know their They're, melt. But but does every Eskimo have to live in an igloo? Is that the <laughs> the joke here well it's there's a lot of things that by today's standards are a little problematic for one it's, <laughs> it's all stereotypes and for two i don't think the word eskimo is considered um socially acceptable anymore really? i think inuit I um, oh, I is so. the do you know brand is that the correct terminology nowadays i didn't i didn't never know for i don't believe eskimo is any longer a, a pc word uh inuit yeah that's what i was saying mm-hmm. if you were yep. paying attention you would have heard but i was reading the recap <laughs> <laughs> i did not know eskimo was like a title they were given like a or yep. label rather yeah i guess so um so i knew indian which mm-hmm. is straight up wrong for native americans yeah. but that was all of its own problems to begin with just <laughs> in ignorance yeah, fair enough. Most problems do stem from that. Ignorance and greed, those two things. So well, I would say both apply. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely true. So we're done with Act 1, right? Correct. So, Correct. all right, let's head on into Act 2 then. Okay, Act 2 is a good one. I just read my recap. <laughs> Very enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> so are we good with that then on into Act 3? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Act 2. <laughs> uh, so the second Ox... Second act starts off with a reminder that there's a B story about Blanche running for some BS office. Uh, she goes down the checklist of everything Rose is supposed to have done. Uh, Rose comments that the amount of work that she's put into this should qualify her for fashion show chairperson. Blanche just laughs because she knows that Rose wears too much polyester to win such a prestigious office. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche decides to twist the knife a bit by pointing out that Rose does not know the difference between the world's richest homosexual and Uruguayan soccer mascot Topo Gigio. She then clarifies that it's not because Rose is dumb, it's because she's ignorant of fashion. Uh, Dorothy comes out and Blanche and Rose use the opportunity to point out all of the ways they critique Dorothy's physique. Rose announces that she's going to run as well. She says that she has the advantage because the panelists comprised entirely of women. Blanche silently contemplates whether any of them might be Lebanese. <laughs> um, Dorothy tells the other Goldens that Sophia's cramping her style. The Goldens pick up what she's putting down. Uh, Dorothy and Raymond then head out on a clandestine date. Sophia catches them and decides to tag along. Raymond reluctantly agrees that Sophia can be the third wheel. While at dinner, Sophia claims to have nailed Charles de Gaulle. After the date, Raymond tells Dorothy about his blue balls. They decide well, to take them to the Bahamas. she does a switch, too, though. Yeah. <laughs> and then Sophia overhears and decides that she wants to join them. And then Raymond and Dorothy end act two with a brief discussion about having Sophia committed. So, so okay, just a couple comments here. Um about the recap itself. <laughs> your recap is certainly more detailed than your last one. <laughs> your last recap was far more high level with, with even less. Um, but I know that we discussed in the past even recaps of maybe taking a breath at least in between <laughs> scenes in the acts <laughs> to see if we wanted to point out anything in between them. Um, so let's see. There, there was definitely a few... A few there, there's some stuff in there I want to parts in there. This yeah, recap counts as my cardio for the week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know we had talked about in a recent uh, one of these clip show episodes that we did recently 
about how the different dynamics that when the two mm-hmm. of the three girls team up on perfect. the other one, it goes. And this was a perfect example I of how so too. when Rose and Blanche are talking about uh, Dorothy. Do you have hey, this written down? I didn't have it written. Well, I had one part about the – they were arguing about what kind of necklace Dorothy should wear. Uh-huh. Um, Chain or pearls, right? right. Okay. But their whole argument about – is about which one of them would best sexualize Dorothy, okay? Mm-hmm. Which is definitely what you want for the Tinkerbells. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> we, again, we don't really know for sure what the Tinkerbells are. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that, that's a, a fair criticism or the argument <laughs> in general. But yeah, I mean, they just take turns tearing Dorothy down yeah. through that. I think that they talk about her turkey neck, her, <laughs> yes, her non-existent boobs, her manly hips, her spare <laughs> tire. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and again, it's like Rose. I don't think during any of it feels like she's being insulting well, necessarily. Yeah. At the very end, uh, uh, Dorothy says something like, "I should just hang a sign on myself that says I'm too ugly to live." <laughs> yeah. And they like, "Well, what are you gonna hang it on? A chain or pearls?" Yeah. And she just says. I'll write it on my hump. Yeah, I thought that that Blanche line, though, was maybe my favorite of the episode. (laughs) Like, listen, I get that you're going ahead and being Mm -hmm. self-deprecating because you're pissed off of what we're saying, but still answer the question, (laughs) which which (laughs) one do you think would be better? That Actually, Uh that whole segment was my favorite line of the the episode. Yeah, that was... was, It was so harsh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know that when uh, Sophia comes in and Raymond and... Dorothy are either about to kiss or already kissing at that point. I know she, Sophia says something like, hey, give it a rest, Raymond. You're in her mouth more than her dentist. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I guess they maybe are able to get some kisses in here and there, even though they can't <laughs> go any further since Sophia's... Well, when they're going to the restaurant, the French restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dorothy promises uh, was Raymond, right? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. That, uh, you know, this will be the last time they go out with him or something. Mm-hmm. That, uh, you know, she'll talk to her mom. But then he also says, oh, and also at the end of the meal, when she starts picking at her teeth, and she says, I promise I'll have her leave them in. <laughs> yeah, keep them in her mouth. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. That that would gross me out if someone pulled out their dentures <laughs> and started picking them out at the table. That would definitely be something that would be a cause for... Uh, yeah. And the way he says it, this has happened several times previous. Right. Yeah, because we don't really get an idea of how many dates that they've been on with yeah, Sophia but, but at this point. It's grading on him at, at least at this point. Yeah, so. certainly so. Uh, so yeah, but did you did you can recall have any other comments on? Not that I recall. Scene no. two. Okay. So I guess we're ready to head on to Act Three at this point. False. False. Pop quiz. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So if you're playing along at home, go ahead and get out a piece of paper and right. a number two pencil. Uh, for you guys, I brought you pencils and paper. Oh, okay. Oh, my gosh. This is so exciting for me. So, so, <laughs> so, so this is, is this a new Brent segment? Brent's pop quiz? Exactly. <laughs> pop what, what is it? Pop quiz smart guy or something like that? <laughs> exactly. So uh, go ahead and uh, wow. write your names there on the top. All right. <laughs> I love this already. So we have, just to, to set the scene for you folks at home, we have a <laughs> quiz that Brent has, has handed us that has five questions on it. I assume he's not, these questions aren't filled in, but the answers yeah. we have to pick between them. Yeah. It does say um, pop quiz answer sheet. Now, each of these questions, there's the five questions, the first four, the four answers are the four actresses to play the Golden Girl. Correct. So B. Arthur, Betty White, Estelle Getty, or Rue McClanahan. Mm-hmm. So you can... So your questions for these would need to be one of those four. And then there's a tiebreaker that I guess Brent will explain right. to us when we get to number five. Yeah, exactly. All right. Okay. All right. So you guys got your paper? Yes. I do. All right. All right. So question number one. Okay. 
you know, as Alan mentioned, you know, the answers A, B, C, D, B, Arthur, Betty White, Estelle Getty, Rue McClanahan. It's going to be the same for all of them, okay? Alphabetical order. Yes, exactly. Um, now, the questions themselves refer to, you know, the Goldens, okay? But we're actually looking for the actress in real life. Okay. Okay. So, which Golden had the fewest number of husbands? Was it A, B, Arthur, B, Betty White, C, Estelle Getty, or D, Rue McClanahan? Which golden had the fewest number of husbands? I'm gonna go. Okay. Oh, okay. So, so we don't. We're yeah, not... yeah. Because we're gonna, you know, pass okay. them and right. grade them. <laughs> <laughs> Are we allowed to use the honor system when we grade them, or do we have to pass them to our neighbor? To yes, grade you're them? gonna pass to your neighbor, and <laughs> okay. we're gonna grade them collectively. <laughs> All right. Okay. This is an old running down the clock <laughs> trick I learned <laughs> back in school. <laughs> Yeah, well, we have been burning we, right we, through this episode, yeah, so. We don't have any erasers either, so we oh, better get it right. That's true. Correct. All right, so question number two, okay? Which golden had the second fewest number of husbands? <laughs> <laughs> A, B, Arthur, B, Betty White, C, Estelle Getty, D, Rue McClanahan. Okay, second fewest number? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Got it. Question three. Which golden had the second greatest number of husbands? <laughs> Was it A, B, Arthur, B, Betty White, C, Estelle Getty, or D, Rue McClanahan? Okay. Okay. Question four. Which golden had the greatest number of husbands? Was it A, B, Arthur, B, Betty White, C, Estelle Getty, or D, Rue McClanahan? All right. And then, so our, obviously, all of them would be picked at some point. Here. Exactly. And our so tiebreaker question, um, you know, Price is Right rules apply, closest without going over. Okay. Collectively, how many husbands did the Goldens have? All right. Well, so see. do some math and write down how many husbands collectively the Goldens had. Well, right. I'm going to use some deductive reasoning and think that... Whatever you need to do. Okay, I'm just going to shut up and I'll, I'll, work, I'll, I'll, I'll work it out in my head later. You can definitely tell the Brent's like, this is my fucking segment. You guys can keep your jokes to yourself. <laughs> you can explain your logic when we get there. Okay. I don't Sounds wanna, fair. I don't want to spoil <laughs> what you put down. All right, so we both got our answers now. Do we pass them to each other? Yes, I'll go and trade with a neighbor. All right. Okay, um, so question one, which golden had the fewest number of husbands? The correct answer was C, Estelle Getty. Hmm. She was married to Arthur Gettleman from 1947 to 2004. Oh, very nice. Okay. Uh, question number two, which golden had the second fewest number of husbands? Uh, the answer for this one is A, B, Arthur. Son of a bitch. She was married to Robert Arthur from 1947 to 1950 and then from Gene Sachs from 1950 to 1978. Okay. So, question three. Which Golden had the second greatest number of husbands? That would be B, Betty White. She was married to Dick Barker in 1945. Uh, she was married to Lane Allen from 1947 to 1949 and then from to Alan Ludden from 1963 to 1981. And then question four. Which Golden had the greatest number of husbands? D, Rue McClanahan. She was married to Tom Bish from 1958 to 1959. That almost goes right along with her character, yeah. right? Norman Hartwig from 1959 to 1961. 
Peter DeMeo from 1964 to 1971, Gus Fisher from 1976 to 1981, Tom Keel from 1985 to 1986, Man. and then Mara Wilson in 1997. So six altogether? Six. So tiebreakers way low. <laughs> collectively, how many husbands did the Goldens have? Twelve. So I I, I was closer. 10, I yeah. had ten. It's funny because Ski was saying that he used deductive reasoning, mm -hmm. and I was saying, well, I don't think your reasoning was that good. My deductive reasoning was like, okay, well, if these are ranked, mm -hmm. there has to be at least. I guess it could have potentially been three, two, and one, but mm -hmm. I figured it and zero, mm -hmm. but I figured it probably would have been four, three, two, and one. Mm -hmm. I almost went with uh, um. 13. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, Ski guessed eight on that one, but Ski got two of these correct. Mm -hmm. How many did I get, right? One. Well, oh, I was surprised I even got one. Mm -hmm. So Ski is the bigger Golden Girls uh, aficionado yep. uh, of the table. Yep. Now, so. would you have known, because you know, you have these crazy memory about, uh, I don't know, anything you've ever read or seen mm -hmm. that has to do with entertainment. Mm -hmm. If you had not researched that, do you think you would have answered those questions correctly on your own? No, I would have used the same logic that you did as far as like the grand total number and mm -hmm. everything. Um, but I probably would have either Estelle, um, I probably would have picked her for the fewest number. I might have gotten them in order, okay. but I wouldn't have gotten, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed 12, you know. Mm -hmm. did I pick, who did I pick for the most? Uh, you picked uh, that she thought that. Uh, Betty White would have had the most. I think I chose that because she's lived the longest. Yeah, I mean, that certainly makes sense. Um, but So, well, congratulations, Ski. A pop quiz well well played. <laughs> I like the uh, Lego pass. pencils. Yes, please pass them forward. They were very cool. You got a good feel to them. Yeah, exactly. So I, Now I it's just, got my COVID on it, though. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that, um, you know, previously we'd had, um, you know, sort of a different opinion as to whether Sophia's deep dish pizza dive oh, okay. or, you know, fess up <laughs> was the better <laughs> segment. And I just thought I'd introduce something new, you know, that I could uniquely claim was my own and I wouldn't have to, you know, deal no with sharing. your scurrilous accusations of plagiarism. Well, you know, in all honesty, though, you already had your own segment, okay? So you're just trying to beef up your segments now. You already had your Florida man. Exactly. <laughs> so now I'm like, oh, do I need to come back with two segments next time I do a recap? I also got the Tucson history. man. <laughs> yeah. Tucson man. Because <laughs> of all the wackiness associated with Tucson. That's right. Yeah. Fair enough. Nice job, Brent. I, mean, I, I enjoyed that. That was a good, a good little city, segment. Even. I mean, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. People like games. <laughs> they do. It's something different. I yeah. really thought it was going to be before. a quiz about the episode. So it was an yeah. interesting change. Yeah, you could see how observant people are. Be like, what color was? <laughs> That's why I was running through the details. <laughs> exactly. So, anyways, we got 186 of these things, so we need to get weird with it every once in a uh, while. Yeah, certainly. I liked so, it. Yeah. So, Act 3 starts with Dorothy at the kitchen table trying to figure out how to break it to Sophia that she won't be getting Bahama sand in her clam. <laughs> <laughs> Rose comes in worried that she's not good enough to be a Tinkerbell. Blanche comes in worried that she missed her chance to nail Tom Selleck or Ted Danson. Um, and instead, she chose to, you know, sleep with famed stone cutter Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, I did like in that. She's describing a dream that she had mm -hmm. where, you know, the three <laughs> stars of a uh, of three men and a baby are yeah. in it. And then she says, three men and no baby. She says they're even powdering her bottom, didn't she? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think like in 1988, I think Steve Gutenberg would have been the better brag, you know, but today it's probably Ted Danson. 
and Tom Selleck, you know, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, during that time, I still think Steve Gutenberg would have been more kind of goony, whereas the other two guys would have been more like, especially for someone of Blanche's mm-hmm. age, I think she still would have put Steve Gutenberg as third. But I think he was the biggest star of the three, though. Well, let's see. He had Police Academy going on back then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, how recent was Magnum P.I.? I mean, that was still pretty big yeah. at the time. Oh, and that was short TV circuits. versus movie. What's that? That was TV versus movies. Yeah, I guess so. But, I mean, I feel like you're talking about one of the biggest TV stars versus a middling movie star. Maybe. Oh, he was like the biggest box office draw for like three years in a row. Steve Goodman was the biggest for three years in a row? Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, between like, in like 1987 alone, I think he had two Police Academy movies, Cocoon, the short the circuit. The guy was in Cocoon, yeah. Um, wow. You know, the three men and a baby. Well, I guess I just really didn't realize how bright the star of Steve Gutenberg shined. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> so. Fizzled out early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Better to burn out than to fade away. <laughs> you think, um, like, I don't know, Hollywood just sort of course corrected, and that's why we ended up with um, uh, Bob Saget. <laughs> of course corrected in what way like, like oh, Steve Gutenberg's got too big for his britches let's oh. <laughs> bring in Bob Saget to, <laughs> to, to like take his place yeah, or yeah to... like I, I could see Steve Gutenberg like if things would have worked out different he could have had Bob Saget's career okay so so you're saying that the universe was just given as a different example of what Steve Gutenberg's <laughs> career could have been yeah <laughs> well who, who would you argue had the, so Steve Gutenberg as you said was Apparently a huge movie yeah. star at at a certain point, yeah. but a brief point in yeah. time, and he's kind of faded to obscurity yeah, now. Exactly. Well, Bob Saget's been like chugging along, okay. you know. Like, which would you rather be, Steve Gutenberg or Bob Saget? Well, I'd like to think that uh, I guess Bob Saget between the two. Like, yeah. he's had a long career and he's made you know a shit ton of money over mm-hmm. an extended period of time. Yeah. That said, though, Bob Saget is also in his more public life. Mm-hmm lives a lie which is kind of weird i mean like because his comedy is very blue yeah and yet the characters that are that far more people know him as you know danny tanner and Mm -hmm. and on uh, america's funniest videos Mm -hmm. is a you know a very like squeaky clean america's dad kind Mm -hmm. of a guy yeah so i don't know do you think that would bother you if that was like 90 percent of the people that saw you looked at you in a way that was completely antithetical towards the person you really were i think that's a question you'd best direct towards bill cosby <laughs> <laughs> well listen if he was the third member of this podcast it would be far more controversial but probably far more listened to <laughs> if i ever get the opportunity to pose such a question i'll definitely uh, take it full advantage but <laughs> I think he would probably have li- preferred to live the lie because that means that. Oh, his... well, yeah. He was living the lie happily, whereas, yeah. I, you know, mm-hmm. he never gave a an outward mm-hmm. view of his real self. Um, yeah. Whereas, you know, I think Bob Saget, he's pretty open about who he really yeah. is. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's just, though, that most people who haven't seen him, mm-hmm. you know, seen his comedy or seen him uh, yeah. on a talk show or whatever, would well, definitely think of him as Danny Because that, Isn't that not partly the trade off of being an actor, though? A lot well, of I suppose so, but I mean, I don't think most actors, in general, get that heavily associated. Yeah, you have he's to be definitely the, typecast at yeah, some point. Yeah, and you have to be the star of a show, essentially, right. you know, of a of a long running successful show. To and really, now it's been essentially rebooted too, right? Yeah, I, I think aren't aren't all the original cast members that were available back on it, except for that hardened criminal Becky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, but I think she was on it originally, wasn't she? 
Until they sent her to prison? Well, yeah, yeah, she was until we found out that she was all that's wrong with America. That's right. <laughs> Do we start talking about Roseanne? Huh? No, we're talking about Full House, and we're talking about Aunt Becky. Oh. <laughs> America's greatest villain. Okay. For some reason, I believe you talked about like, rebooting and everything. I thought you started talking about the Connors. Uh. Like, I was like, where the hell did I miss the transition? I was to, seeing, like, there the is a Becky in the, in the I was so confused. I was like, did I black out or something? Hey, you did look like you just showed up to. <laughs> like you were in, uh, I don't know, Eyes Wide Shut. Exactly. You didn't know what was going on in that room. Shuffling these papers yeah <laughs> what did i miss exactly um but no it um yeah man it just blew my mind mm-hmm. so, um yeah roseanne's another one though but i think it, oh, sure. as far as like you know cosby goes i think it was because he just had a holier than thou attitude yeah you know you know he was lecturing other people about mm-hmm. stuff all the time and like you said um Bob Saget's sort of out and about. He's like, yep, this is what I do, and this is what else I do, and yeah. everything. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's well, true. One of the first times I realized who Bob Saget really was, was, I oh, crap, I can't remember the name of this, the movie now. Um, oh, yeah, the one about, uh, have you ever... Suck dick for, 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 for Aristocats. <laughs> the Aristocats? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, do you remember... You remember what it's called? The what Aristocrats. No. No, he's talking about the uh, the one that... I keep thinking how high, but that's not dirty it. Dirty Works? No. No. But it's... It's, an, it's, it's a, about weed. Yeah. And it's... Ah, gosh dang it. Yeah, anyways. Yes, Bob Saget. That is one of the greatest Bob Saget lines of all time. <laughs> Weed's not a drug. <laughs> yeah. If you ever suck dick for weed, I've sucked dick for crack, I think <laughs> is the line. Or something along those lines. Coke, but Coke, yeah. Coke, was it? Yeah, I don't know. Um... But, uh, yeah, that was a, a great line. Well, I will say, Bob Saget, unlike Bill Cosby, Bob Saget is not living a lie at all. Um, you know, his image may not match up with who he is, but he's not living that, you know, image. Yeah. So, he's living yeah. the image that's true to himself. So, yeah. Good for him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And he's got boatloads of money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, are we ready for Act 3 now? Yeah, yeah. Have we padded it out enough, do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um... So as the Goldens trying to discuss how to tell Sophia she won't be going, uh, Rose regales them with a tale of famed comic strip Sonia Klingenhofer. Mm-hmm. Um, Sonia Klingenhofer is a St. Olaf comic strip. Only one strip's partially described, but in the first panel it says Sonia Klingenhofer in big letters, and the O has pigtails. In the second panel, Sonia is walking down this country road, and a group of children's laughing at her, and Sonia says, it's not funny, you try getting white bread and mayonnaise out of your braces. <laughs> and then in the final panel, Sonia tells her mother, and her mother understands. And then at some point between those two panels, uh, one crow asks another crow, why was your face pressed against the crack? <laughs> so, uh, I'm what crack? We don't know. That is the most thorough part of any recap you've done so far. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, How many a... panels were there? <laughs> 16. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that was an impressive recap of that uh, one particular story. I'll yeah. definitely grant you that. You. Very well done. MVP. What's that? Maybe I'll be MVP. <laughs> or maybe those crows. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we Sonya herself. Yeah. So anyways, uh, the next day, Sophia announces that she's not going to Cancun. Uh, she states she's going out with some friends. Dorothy thinks she's lying and decides to break up with Raymond. He takes it awfully hard for a man who never made it to third base. 
Uh, Blanche and Rose come in and announce they both lost fashion show chairperson. They ended up losing to a woman whose husband offers cheap liposuction. It's the first time Blanche has lost to someone who sucks more than her. <laughs> yeah, a twofer, right? I know. Yeah, I did like that little um, that little line she said that I think the deal was that you get one cheek, mm-hmm. the second one's free, buy one cheek, get the second one yeah, free, yeah. something like that. That was a nice line. So Sophia walks in and claims that she's waiting for her ride. Dorothy calls her a liar. Uh, the doorbell rings, and Sophia leaves with her new friends. Uh, Dorothy realizes that she's made a huge mistake. Uh, she can take comfort in the fact that she didn't make six mistakes, which is how many Rue McClanahan made in real life. <laughs> <laughs> now, I had a little issue with the way it ended overall. Uh-huh. Why um, didn't you just call him right back? I know. The dude walked <laughs> out of the house like two minutes earlier. Yeah. And it's out tickets. Yeah. To the Bahamas. <laughs> so yeah, it seems like now granted there wasn't cell phones. Maybe he was going straight to the airport mm-hmm. from the house and so she was like, Oh, I knew there was but hell she could have tried to drive after him to catch him. <laughs> yeah. Um it was so and it was just like, Oh well, mm-hmm. I guess that just now Well, we don't even know if he was going on his own because it, that's true. The but, plan was originally just for the two of them, right? Right. Um, and maybe they were planning to buy their tickets at the airport because apparently, you know, last-minute travel was a lot cheaper back in the 80s. Yeah, that's, that was kind of like their modus operandi mm-hmm. for this. But yeah, that just that little aspect. It, there were a couple things in this episode that, um, like, I don't feel honestly like Sophia would be that oblivious. Um, she's, you know, pretty with it. I, I think that she would not assume that every time these two got together, they'd be okay with her right. tagging along. Um, so that was a little bit well and she she knows bothersome. that they're romantically interested in one another right yeah definitely she calls them out for kissing too much mm-hmm. um, but we have uh, three guest actors in this one uh, we have uh, Frank Smith he played Duncan mm-hmm. uh, one credit to his name and this is it <laughs> so this is the, <laughs> the only acting thing that Frank Smith ever did but yeah I think he made a, a nice impact as Duncan yeah got his uh, union card mm-hmm. and then we had uh, Stephen M. Porter he played the waiter Mm-hmm. 73 credits for his name a couple of recent things on things that i enjoy three episodes of shameless as a character named craig and he played mm-hmm. santa on i'm sorry mm-hmm. um probably i guess beth's known 24 episodes of heart of dixie yeah. as frank moth I, i've never seen that show like like on his imdb page mm-hmm. okay like he's wearing like a a flowered shirt like a hawaiian shirt and he's like leaned in on mm-hmm. like the side right did you see the picture yeah i know the one you're talking <clears> about <throat> like I saw that picture and I was like, "Oh, that man's in an improv group." <laughs> <laughs> you just felt like you could have been yes anded by him right then and there. <laughs> <laughs> like there was just a vibe about it that I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> I got his number." <laughs> well, he has been in a. He, he actually does end up in another episode of the Golden Girls next season, nice. so he'll end up. Uh, Is it a clip show? I don't know. It's a. <laughs> All I know is it's in season four, so I, I would be shocked if that little spot made it into a clip <laughs> show, but I guess you never know. Yeah. And then, of course, our uh, main guest actor, uh, James Karen, mm-hmm. uh, played Raymond. Mm-hmm. 249 credits to his name, most of those as an actor. He was in uh, The Return of the Living Dead, Poltergeist, Trial of the Screaming Forehead, which mm-hmm. I figure that's probably what you guys both know him from. Oh, as, yeah, I mean... And uh, another actor who'd been in Sledgehammer. I feel like we've had a lot of guest actors mm-hmm. that were in Sledgehammer. Yeah. It's odd. That was a pretty short-lived show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did think it's interesting. He was in a movie in 2018 called Cynthia, another mm-hmm. horror movie, as Frank Teague. And his character in Poltergeist was Mr. Teague or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I wondered if it was wow. supposed to be... Like rehashing yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Or maybe just an homage. But yeah. Maybe, yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. 
So, uh, ski, who got your MVP? You want to do Florida Man? Oh, first? we got Florida Man. I forgot. Yeah. yeah go. Well, you know, you already threw in your own uh, segment, so I forgot yeah, there'd be a, exactly. another segment coming. So I was reminded because of what you had just said. So Florida Man, February 20th, go to your Google machine and play along. Okay. Uh, Florida Man goes on sledgehammer spree trying to destroy, quote, demons. Sledgehammer again, <laughs> see? Yeah. So does someone have to use a Chromebook? Um, since that'd be their Google machine. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can use any. I would prefer that yes, you use Chrome. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be a Chromebook. You oh, know, okay. But definitely use the Google. You know, <laughs> don't use the Alta Vista because it doesn't help our ratings. <laughs> uh, and second one, uh, cops say Florida man attacks gas station clerk with hot dogs, corn dog <laughs> sticks over beer. So hot dogs and corn dog sticks. Yes. Yes. Okay. What is a corn like? Do you think the corn dog sticks had corn dogs on them at the time, or were and they like, getting ready to be dogged? Oh, I think like he probably ate the corn dog and then used the stick. Oh, too. okay. <laughs> you know? I mean, I could definitely see a a sharpened corn dog stick <laughs> could yeah, definitely yeah, be a deadly weapon. Yeah, call that a, a trailer park shiv. <laughs> <laughs> We've lost too many, uh, <laughs> too many people to trailer park shivings. Exactly, <laughs> be a hell of a toothpick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually how Big Sally pierced Phil's ear. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then finally, Florida man arrested for fourth DUI tells cops just how high he is. <laughs> After being pulled over in North Reddington Beach, Jonathan Connors, age thirty-two, told deputies he was quote high as fuck end quote. <laughs> <laughs> Now, what was that first Florida man again? Florida man goes on sledgehammer spree trying to destroy demons. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, when you said sledgehammer, then that, like, because I think you referenced the sledgehammer again, and then yeah. that totally took my brain out of being yeah. able to hear the rest of yeah. <laughs> the story. So, That's fine. Very nice. Two excellent extra segments tonight, Brent. Yes, thank you. So, so now, who okay. got your MVP ski for this one? I got to give it to Dorothy. She was being, like, Almost overly sympathetic to her mom the whole time. <laughs> and uh, if, if I've got to be honest, I think she gets it just for putting up with the horrible tirade of insults <laughs> that Blanche and Rose slung on her. Mm. And then she comes back with, hey, I'm going to write it on my, my hump. Yeah. I think that was good. How about you, Brent? Um, Rose, definitely. Rose. The whole Sonya Klingenhofer thing. Yeah, I gave it to Rose also. Um, I don't know. Sophia's... Like I said, I, I didn't care for the arcers her character took in this particular mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Um, and the B story was a garbage B story. Mm-hmm. But the stories that Rose told and, and her part in that mm-hmm. whole um, insult fest against Dorothy yeah. were both good. <laughs> so, yeah, I think Rose got it for me, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how many slices of cheesecake for you, Ski? I think five. Five? Mm. And what about you, Brent? Four and a half. Four yes. and a half. I only gave it three. It just wasn't an episode that I particularly loved like i said i thought i had a weird unsatisfying ending mm-hmm. i didn't think it made a lot of sense for sophia to be mm-hmm. i don't know not so that she, so oblivious exactly yeah the oblivious mm-hmm. part it's not that she wouldn't be needy but yeah the oblivious part just doesn't seem like sophia to me yeah. especially since i mean dorothy finally has sort of a keeper yeah you know considering all the married men and losers and stands that she's been with well, and how much shit you know, uh, Sophia has given her over time about her lack of mm-hmm. success with men. That is absolutely true. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, like I said, I, I it, not that it wasn't enjoyable. Like you know, some of the comedy was good in it, mm-hmm. but just the story overall, I thought was one of their weaker stories. Well, and then the that weird ending. The only ending. reason I gave it a five. What's that? Mm-hmm. I said the jokes are really the only reason I gave it a five. Well, that's fair. I, I've given higher scores to ones just because of the comedy, but this one 
the comedy wasn't high enough to pull mm-hmm. it up to be yeah. an above average episode. A little below average for me, but still, <clears throat> there's only been a couple episodes of the entire series that I would put in that category of, <laughs> you know, hardly worth watching, and this wouldn't mm-hmm. fall into that at all. So, anything else to add tonight, gentlemen? Um, no. Do I get to say the Stay Golden Cocoa part? Yeah, definitely. Really? Sweet. Do I have to? No, you don't. Would you prefer to, or would you I'd prefer... I'd say you already did. Oh, we just like... <laughs> ended on silence <laughs> so oh yeah so now i think i should say when you say do i get to say the stay golden part cocoa part then i'll just end it there <laughs> stay golden cocoa hey thanks so much for downloading today if you enjoyed that opening you should definitely check out ashley jade on youtube she has a bunch of awesome compositions on there if you want to get in touch you can email us at sophia's choice podcast at gmail.com you can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden. <laughs>